Welcome again to Mill City. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Stephanie. I'm one of the pastors here at Mill City. A special welcome to any of you who are here visiting. I see a few new faces and some friends and family. We love having you join us. So thank you for being with us this morning. Um, we had a special guest this morning for prayer, Chris, who's one of the social workers here at Sheridan. And she was sharing with us just some of the, the needs of the kids here at Sheridan. Sheridan School is uh, a very, very high need school. That's where you are right now, by the way. A couple people are like, oh, okay, you're at Sheridan School. Um, Sheridan is a, a very high need school. And so you can imagine the many things that go with that. And uh, we had an opportunity to tell her this week, Chris has been a social worker here for almost eight years, which we've been worshiping here for almost eight years. And we had a chance to tell her that we pray every single week for this school. Whether it's at the 930 prayer time that we pray every single week, you're always welcome to join us for prayer. Or uh, right now, before we have a, a message from scripture, we pray for Sheridan every single week. And she was really encouraged by that. So thank you for all of you and your prayers for Sheridan. And can we continue to do that? And continue to lift up the students and the faculty and the staff and the parents of the, the kids here too. So we'll start off today before we go any further um, welcoming God's presence and praying for Sheridan. Will you join me? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are a God who is with us, that you are Emmanuel, the with us God, that you promise to draw near to those who are, are calling out for you. And so, God, we thank you that when we're here and we're worshiping that your presence is here, that we are not here alone, but that you are with us. And, God, we pray we ask you, God, we implore you to allow your presence to remain in this space throughout the week. God, that your presence would make a difference in the lives of each of these little learners, God, that they would know that they're not alone. God, calm their minds and their hearts. Give them your peace. God, be with the teachers and the faculty and staff and with Chris. God, empower them to love these kids, to help them learn, to help them grow. God, give them perseverance. Give them strength. Give them wisdom. And God, we pray for the families of each of these little ones who come through these doors, God, that you and your presence would make a difference in their lives, that you would empower them, God, that you would provide for them and allow people to come alongside them who believe in them. God, we, we see the kids at Sheridan School as our kids. Even if we don't have our own kids, these are our kids. They're not those kids. They're our kids. The kids here in the school system are our kids, and God, we come to, the, to you on their behalf, asking God that you would intervene in their lives. And God, we count it as a privilege to worship here in this school, to be on this public space and to freely worship you is a privilege, God. We're so grateful. And we ask this morning, God, that your Holy Spirit would be in this place and that it would change each of us, that we would be different people when we leave than when we came in just because of one thing, and that's that you are meeting us here in a, in a special way and that you send us out to meet with you and to engage with what you're doing everywhere that we are. But we come to you right now to worship you and to give you praise. And so we ask that you would hear those praises and you would hear our worship. And this morning that you would hear our cries. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's um, probably not a surprise to anybody that it's been a difficult week to live in our country. No matter what your political leanings, I would say it's pretty clear to everybody that the division is just like thick in the air. Can everyone, can everyone agree with that? That it's just kind of overpowering and it's just, for many of us, we feel that really heavily as we go through this time. And I think over these last few months, they've been filled with 
more conflict and strife and controversy than some of us, especially the younger ones of us, have seen in our lifetime. And as your pastor, there's something I was thinking about, like, what would I want to say to you guys this morning? And the thing that God wanted me to say to you, and I was really encouraged to say it to you, is that I'm really proud of you. This has been really hard. I'm, I'm serious. I'm really proud of you. This has taken a lot of perseverance this last season. I know that for a lot of you, you've been in some really difficult conversations. Some of those have been on the Internet, so I know. But I also know some of you have told me about really difficult conversations. You, you are in the room with people who think very different things than you, and you don't know for sure what settings are spaces where you can be totally yourself or share what you really think or, heaven forbid, bring up some questions you might have that you don't know the answer to. And I'm really proud of you because I've seen you step into those things. I've seen people advocating for people who don't have a voice. I've seen people taking a posture of humility and service even with people that they disagree with. And I want to tell you that no matter who you voted for, I love you and I think you matter. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of our community. If you're a visitor here, this is a community who you can be proud of having stepped into the season and not shrunk back from it, I think. This community is pretty politically and ideologically diverse and I am really proud of that. I brag about that to people. Because I would say that it takes like a pretty high level of emotional and intellectual intelligence to share and inhabit space with people who think differently than you in certain ways. And I've seen you do that. I've seen you step into that. I, I, I think that it takes wisdom to see that being in spaces with people who are different than you and think a little bit differently than you, or maybe even a lot differently than you, it takes wisdom to see that that helps you grow as a person. It helps you become a deeper person than you were before you had those encounters with people who are different than you. But it takes humility and a lot of peace and a lot of a willingness to be a non-anxious presence, and man, has that been hard lately. So I see this community as one that deeply values unity and not uniformity. And for that, I'm really, really proud. And I see this community caring a lot about what God cares about but not letting some of those non-essential conversations, which are good conversations, but not letting those uh, divide and, and keep us from the mission that God has for us. We, we know that God's mission is to love people and that we get to do that in Jesus' name, and we have allowed that mission to be the most important thing, and I'm so proud of that. Um, so I, I think this is really remarkable, and I hope that we can continue as we clearly are going to continue to need perseverance with how much division there is. I hope that we can continue to move forward together in these types of ways where we ask really good questions and then we encourage each other to ask good questions and not try to feed easy answers because I think we can agree that there's not a lot of easy answers right now. And I, I think about this last week as a pastor, for me, um, it's looked like a lot of conversations. I've gotten a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of one-on-one -on -one times with people and I have had, I would say, the privilege in this last week to have conversations on the phone or in person with, I would say, people who represent all the various groups of people who have felt specifically singled out over this campaign. Uh, people who have felt specifically named during this politically season, political season through many different ways. Um, and most of these people are feeling a lot of fear and are feeling a lot of hurt. And some of you are those people. And I hope that that's at least obvious why someone might feel that way to you. And I hope that each of us can at least um, step into the fact that, that that's how people might feel 
and step towards them as people who are called to cry with people when they cry and mourn with people when they mourn. Um, and, and that's many of us here in this room. Uh, over 200 incidents of hate crimes and intimidation were officially reported from Wednesday to Friday. Um, choices that people made, they didn't have to make those choices regardless of what's happening politically, but people did. And so for some of us, that pain is deeper than it is for other people. But like I said, our calling is to cry with those who cry and to mourn with those who mourn. And today, um, I recognized, knowing this community really well, that there's actually a lot of other things going on besides the political climate that's been really heavy and been really hard in your lives. There's been some really difficult things in this last season. And maybe you don't feel that's where you are right now, but uh, you're sitting next to people that have had a really difficult season for reasons completely separate from what's happening in our nation. Um, we've experienced some signs of spiritual warfare and conflict here um, in this school, like I just mentioned. Some of the staff have said that the last couple of years, it just feels like it's been getting worse and worse and worse, the, the tension and the, the anger that some of these kids are facing and the things that are going on. That's hard. That's really difficult things. Many of you have experienced personal pain and loss in this season. Some of you have received devastating news. I know some of you have, to, have had to hear just really difficult prognoses for yourself or for people that you love. Parents have told me that they've hit a wall with this kid and they just don't know how to keep leading them and helping them grow. Um, people have lost pregnancies. People have experienced emotional and physical pain. And fortunately, I want to be here to tell you that we have a God who has given us a really clear way to begin, at least to begin, to process things like this in our life. We have a, a God who's given us kind of a guide as how we can step into seasons like this instead of shrinking back. For thousands of years, the followers of Yahweh, uh, the God of the Bible, Yahweh, have had a way to begin to respond when they found themselves in a season of despair. And that process is called lament todah. Lament todah. Lament means complaint, and todah means thanksgiving. And uh, these two things um, are found most frequently in the Psalms. And of the 150 Psalms, the most common type of Psalm is lament or complaint to God. People crying out and telling God how they really feel. Number one most common type of psalm. And the second most common type of psalm is a thanksgiving or todah psalm. And scholars think that uh, these two types of psalms are meant to go together as a part one and a part two. And this is how the people of God for many years would approach beginning to move through trying times. And if you've read the Bible, you know there was a lot of trying times. And also, the psalms, most of them, were meant to be sung or read communally. So lament todah was a communal practice, a two-part practice for people to move towards God in the midst of trying times. And we see Jesus take these postures. We've been having this conversation going public, looking at the ways that Jesus engaged in public. And Jesus takes a posture of lament and a posture of todah or thanksgiving multiple times. So today we're going to focus on lament and next week on thanksgiving. And when we look at Jesus' way he took this posture of lament, we see in, in Matthew 23 that he lamented over Jerusalem. We see him lament his friend Lazarus' death in John 11. And we see him lamenting deeply his own impending death in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a way that our leader, Jesus, lived in public. 
And he also expresses thanksgiving in public, and we'll look at that next week. So months ago, when we were writing this series, Going Public, and we were planning it out, we'd already seen how much agony the political climate was causing our community. And we always have been, in the last few years, have really been trying to have moments of lament. So if you've been with our community, you've perhaps been here when we've had a, a lament service. And they're always a little bit different. Um, but we've got two more weeks till Advent. That's crazy, right? There should not be sunshine and 57 degrees out right now if it's two weeks to Advent, but I'm going to take it. But there's two weeks to Advent, and so in these last two weeks, we planned to have this two-part experience to close off the conversation of going public. So today, having the first part, lament, and next week, having the second part, toda or Thanksgiving. Of course, it lines up great with that holiday as well, but that's not the point. Um, so instead of having a sermon about lament, instead of me coming up here and explaining it to you to death, we're just going to have a lament experience or a time of worship that includes lament. Um, and it's very, and we'll do the same thing next week with Thanksgiving. And what's cool is that in, in the, um, the Psalms, you see that lament Psalms as well as Thanksgiving Psalms always follow the same pattern. And so this morning, we're just going to follow the pattern that you see in the lament Psalms. They always have five parts, okay, and, and Roland will put them up on the screen. This is what we're going to go through today. The first is the address to God, the people just saying who God is in their life and declaring who God is in their life. That always starts that way. The second is the lament to God. This is often the longest part of the psalm, and it is a time of crying out to God and being very honest with God about how you feel and complaining, which could seem kind of strange to some of us that we would just straight up complain to God, but he knows you think it. Anyway, so he's inviting that. The third part is a confession of trust in God. Um, in a lot of ways, if you're bringing a complaint to God, then even though you're being really honest with God, you must think you can trust God in some way or you wouldn't be telling him the things that you feel. So then in the middle of every lament psalm, there's a declaration of trust in who God is. And that is always followed then by the request of God to act. So the, the lament is the complaint, and then the request is what we want God to do about it. And interestingly enough, God invites that as well. He invites that direct, what do you want me to do? And then finally, all the lament psalms, actually except for one, end with a response of praise to God. So we're going to go through these five parts. I'm going to guide you with a, a sort of poem for each section. And then there's going to be a time to either respond or uh, have a song of response. And so you should have a card like this. Did you get a card like this? If you don't, would you raise your hand, and then some people will bring them to you, these guys, um, and a pen. So just raise your hand right now if you need a card. You're going to have a time at one point to write on this card your own personal lament that you might be feeling. It could be a communal lament for something bigger than yourself, or it could be personal in your heart for things that are going on in your own life. But it could also be for a friend. And my guess for most of us that there's some things, a couple things at least, that we can personally lament in this room. But hopefully the poems that I'm reading will guide you as well. And it's appropriate if you agree with the poem to either agree in your heart or out loud. You can say yes or you can say amen. You can agree with that. You can participate with that if you feel comfortable. Um, so notice in those five parts, it's going to start pretty somber. And by the end, it's going to be in a, a pretty high note of praise. Um, and so as we bring these complaints to God, we expect God to act. So that's why we praise him at the end. We praise him before he's actually done something because we know that God will move even if it's not always in the ways that we want God to move. 
Um, so we have no desire to oversimplify some of the feelings that people are having today. So if you feel at the very end you can't move to that place of praise, that's okay. You don't have to participate. Like I said, there's actually a psalm where I think the psalmist just couldn't do it that day. And if that's today for you, that's okay. So I'm going to give a minute of silence for us to just prepare our hearts for this time, and then we're going to have a time of lament from now until the end of our service. Oh God, you are our God, creator, provider, sustainer, and king. Messiah, Emmanuel, it's to you that we sing. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We look to you, the great I am. Oh God, you are our God, Lord over every single living thing. You reign over all earthly queens and kings, all those who promise with empty words that ring, never with full truth, and deliver less than they ever do to us express. Oh God, you are our God. You are the perfect parent, the most nurturing and strong. You never grow weary of our cries. No matter how long your strong arms embrace us in our pain. Once in your presence, we are never the same. You cover us in the safety of your wings. All things are made right when your kingdom reigns. Oh God, you are our God. Your presence is like the brightest light. Darkness is not dark to you. Even the night shines like day to you. For darkness is as light to you. Oh God, you are our God. Abba, Daddy, you never change. Christos, Victor, Ancient of Days, the everlasting God, the God who sees, our shepherd, our savior, and our peace. El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, and Elohim. Oh God, you are our God. as we sing these words together.
God, our God, why have you forsaken us? Have you left us here alone thrashing in the darkness? We can't hear your voice or know your loving kindness. Where are you? Only silence fills the void. There's not so much as a noise as our cries fill the room. Tell us that you'll come soon. Oh God, our God, why have you forsaken us? Division rips across our land like lightning fills the sky. Do you just sit there watching idly as oppression presses in on every side? God, tell us that you see us, that you hear us as we cry. Why can't we relent from judgment and hurting those who bear your image? Humans holding fiercely onto power and grasping onto selfish privilege. Your children are hurting and full of torment. Do you see them? Can you hear them? Do you hear us? Oh God, our God, why have you forsaken us? Do you see the hungry families? Do you see the desperate child? How do we love our neighbors when hatred's running wild? Do you know the fear of many, causing some to want to hide? How can we mend what's broken when destruction is so deep down inside? Do you know our desperate longing for love free from shame? Why must so many suffer receiving unnecessary blame? God, where is your justice? Why does everything seem wrong? Why does evil run unhindered when you say that you are strong? Do you see the little children wanting to grow and learn? Do you see the gaps in education that they live in because their skin is the wrong shade of melanin? That shouldn't be the reason that they aren't offered all that they need. Food, a home, an education, and the ability to dream. Oh God, our God. Why have you forsaken us? 
We lament to you the broken families causing many to feel alone. We cry out for broken bodies with sickness cutting to the bone. We express our deep longing for you to see those who feel as though they'll never be set free. Those who battle addiction, who feel as though they'll never be all that they were meant to be, who feel that they've been given a prescription for despair, who feel abandonment and sorrow when love and mercy should be there. Oh God, our God, why have you forsaken us? Do you see the barren woman, hopes dashed in clinic chairs? Do you see the hopeful father realizing a heartbeat is not there? Do you see the broken marriage where love is replaced with scorn? Do you see those full of grief and loss with nothing, nothing left to do but mourn? Do you see the lonely people wondering if they're truly known in a crowded room full of people but feeling utterly alone? Do you see us as we struggle to overcome depression and anxious thoughts? We want to live in freedom, but it feels like our minds are bound up and caught in lies about who we are. They follow us wherever we go. Bring relief for this pain. If there is an escape, you must show how this mental illness can be stopped from holding us back. Where were you while we're in bondage? We need you. We need you. Oh God, our God, why have you forsaken us? Do you see us as we wish desperately to grasp all that we have, not sure if you will provide when we look down and see all we have is empty hands? And what if we don't make it and can't provide for those we love? How can we move forward when push comes to shove? You told us we could trust you, but now we sit here in loss. Do you see us? Actually see us? Or are you just going to gloss over us like we don't matter? We're your kids. We need you your direction and your guidance, but we sit in torment, wondering if you're here at all. We're longing for your presence. Oh God, our God, why have you forsaken us? Do you see our tears as they stream without fail from our eyes? Tell us, please tell us that your mighty ears hear our cries. We lay our laments before your throne, asking that you will hold them. We lay them down because in our weakness we have no strength left to shoulder them. Catch our tears in the bowls of heaven, for we cannot stop their flow. We pour out our hearts to you, O oh God, because we have nowhere else to go. O oh God, our God, why have you forsaken us? or communal and there'll be instructions on the screen
expression of trust in God. Oh God, we trust you, God. Your faithfulness comes off the pages of the stories we've been told for ages and ages you have been faithful to those who approach your throne. With reverence for your power, trusting you and your timing, we turn our hearts to your promises that are binding, oh God, we trust you, God. Help us believe that you are there when we can believe, that we can believe in your words. In times like these, we need to know what you said is sure. We know you see us and you hear us even when you feel far away. We come to you, we offer to you our trust then that we will stay in your service as kingdom people with a king who is mighty to save. All leaders pale in comparison to the strength found in your holy ways. You watch us with your loving eyes. You hold us in your tender arms. You can be trusted even when doubt and when the darkness around us swarms. Oh God, we trust you, God. Help our unbelief when we are tempted to forget the ways that you brought us through till now. We're still here. You've shown us how to live through all the pain and sorrow and to trust that you will be with us now and tomorrow. We know that you see us. We believe that we are known. There is nowhere we can go from your presence. We can go to the depths or to the heights we can be flown, but you will be there. You know when we rise and when we fall. You know everything about us, every detail, you know it all. May people say of us one day, no matter what came their way, they trusted their King Jesus. They didn't rely on merely human leaders. Oh God, we trust you, God. We remember what you've done for us. Your body was broken, your blood for us was shed. We trust in the freedom you unleashed on the cross as you bled. Your work on the cross is the defining moment. You conquered death and that's why you were sent, revealing to us your eternal glory, proving to us all that brokenness isn't the end of the story. Oh God, we trust you, God.
Join as we sing these words. Don't miss a thing. 
God, our God, we bring you our requests. Give us glimpses of your kingdom. Help us know that you are there. Tell us that you hear our cries for freedom. Give us the strength for the burdens that we bear. Bring reconciliation where division has brought pain. Help us forgive one another and let love and mercy reign. Bring deliverance for those who need it and set the captives free. Help us take our power and our privilege and have it transformed into radical humility. Oh God, our God, we bring you our requests. For provision for those who need it, let no one go without. Let no child go hungry and let our neighbors be free from doubt that they are wanted, loved and valued and can find a sense of home. For those who fear for their safety, bring protection and peace and shalom. God, replace hatred with your chesed loving kindness. Give us eyes to see our neighbors made in your image and your likeness. Heal the broken places within our world, our hearts, and our minds. We pray you'd make the wrong things right. Your justice we will find. Give every opportunity for every pigment of skin to have a chance to learn. Don't let poverty keep our kids from a chance to be assured that they have value, that they are precious in your sight, that you watch their coming and their going throughout the day and night. Oh God, our God, we bring you our requests. Comfort the lonely, the lost, and the depressed. Bring relief to those who feel distressed, dismayed, and without hope. Give strength to those who need it and remind them with you that they can cope. Bring freedom from addiction and mental illness for those in despair. Let them know that you are with them, but God, you must remind them that you are there. Oh God, our God, we bring you our requests. In the empty households, fill hearts that are longing for partners or for children or for a deeper sense of belonging. Turn mourning into laughter. Turn tears of pain into hope. Remind us that it's often after the suffering that we realize we have a different scope of understanding of all that we've been through. Show us that you were there all along, right beside us, always with us. You never left us alone. We can ask that you will carry the burdens weighing us down. Help us walk freely and, and lightly and have the ability around all of our neighbors to extend love, even when we're afraid. Give us the ability to forgive even when the hurt is deeply laid. We pray for healing in our streets, 
Bring your kingdom to our land. Revive your church from its slumber. Remind us of our call to reach under every rock and boulder where your loved ones might be found to let them know the good news that Jesus the King still has the crown. stand as we sing the song together. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit come
today. May you continue to lament all that needs to be lamented. May you go knowing that there is a loving God who catches your tears. May you trust God's faithfulness no matter the circumstances. And may you offer your requests to a God who is worthy to be praised. 